right, okay, here we are again, Jen. Back again. Say hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, what's this number? Eight? Eight, yeah. Eight. So we've done this... Two months of podcasts. Wow. And are we into the tens yet in terms of list- yeah. listeners? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're 17 at last. Now that's each... Count. No, I don't mean overall, accumulative. I mean of each podcast. Oh... Uh, couldn't tell you probably oh, into probably not yeah. okay well, <laughs> let's keep talking to ourselves anyway i like else. doing it well anyway, welcome to those of you who are still listening after that intro um, hi mum what was that i said hi mum oh hi mum oh funny i get that <laughs> oh, excellent right okay um so for those of you who are not jenny's mum um which is quite a few people i imagine six uh six six quiz questions coming up trivia questions oh, uh, coming up um, answers at the end uh, we go through like what we've watched this week what's coming up next week and we do a deep dive into Moonlight from 2016 <clears throat> we're a bit uh, late to the party on that one just a tad um, and uh, yeah I think that's it so um, without further ado I think I'll start off with uh, my first two questions okay. you ready? no Okay, well, these are slightly different. I've got a different tactic this week. I'm just giving you a quote. Oh, no. And you've got to name the film. Okay. okay. So, uh, and the real trick here is actually me reading my own writing. Uh, <laughs> so here's the first one. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he never existed. Name the film. It's a great quote, that. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he never existed. Name the film. Right, and question two... I'm having an old friend for dinner. I'm having an old friend That's for dinner. That's it. That's it. Um, oh, I feel two, like I should know. There's two questions. Right, okay. Um, answers at the end. So, what have we watched this week? Or what have you watched this week, maybe, that you want to share? I have finally finished Life on Mars. Okay. <laughs> Took me like long enough. It's taken a lifetime. Took me long enough. Um... And I, I loved it. I was really pleased with how it ended. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But it's, it's just nice. Sorry? So don't. Okay, I won't spoil it. But I, I appreciated the ending of it. I was a little bit worried how they were going to draw it to a close. Was Sam going to return to his life um, as he knew it? Or was he going to stay in 1973? aired first? Oh, 2005, I think, 2006, maybe. Okay. Um, so would he go back to that life or would he just stay well, we, in 1973? Well, we know, we know that didn't go on because we know there's a sequel, don't we? Well, I didn't when I started watching yes, it. Yes, you did. You knew Ashes to Ashes was... Yeah, you told me that on a podcast and now I'm going to watch Ashes to Ashes. Did you not know that? Not at the time, no. But I, but now I, I know. Now I need to watch Ashes to Ashes and find out how that all links because there's three seasons of that and I know that there's a big reveal at the end, which will explain a little bit more about Sam's life and how he ended up in 1973. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, what else have you watched? We've both watched in the um, the woods, the Polish Polish Netflix drama. Yeah. Still carrying on. Still yeah. like it. Yeah, it's good. It's what it's six episodes, isn't it? It's quite short, and we're on episode five now, so it should be drawing to a close soon. Um, but it, it's not being dragged out, which I appreciate because I know sometimes these things drag out. Unlike our watching of it. Yeah. Um, 
What else have we watched? The Sinner. You might want to talk about that. Yeah, we watched the first two episodes of season three of The Sinner. Um, yeah, really like it. It's, it's again, it, it, it just, it's quite dark. It's quite, it's taken a slightly different uh, approach to the previous two seasons, which I, I guess is a good thing. Uh, changes as good as a break. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I, I, I'm, I'm sure um, many people have actually finished season three of The Sinner, so... Uh, yeah, it's been out a while. We're we're only we've we've done the first two episodes, so uh, we probably might have finished that by this time next week. Who knows? Um, obviously, we watched Blindside. Yeah. Um, Sandra your Bullock, recommendation. Um, which was a feel good movie. Um, and yeah, it was nice. It was you know, heart bit of harmless yeah. entertainment based on a true story. Um, would recommend it, watching it. You know, if you've got a spare two hours. A bit, bit of light-hearted entertainment. Um, oh, we should also mention that the reason it took us so long to get around to watching The Sinner was because we haven't finished Ozark. And we've oh, now finished it. We've now finished Ozark. We knew, yeah, we knew there was a shocking ending to the series. Um, and it didn't... I don't think it disappointed. Um, I just really don't know what's going to happen in the next season. And I don't want it to be like this season where we, we went back into it and didn't find it as appealing as the first couple of seasons. Um, yeah, I thought the second half know. was a lot stronger than the first half of this season. I, I'm not... I liked... I was disappointed with the... Well, I don't want to give too much weight. I was disappointed with the particular... Ending. I, I liked. I liked that particular character. Right, okay. And I'm sorry, that particular character... Is no longer. Yes. Um, but however, um, yeah, we, I'm sure they've got something up their sleeve anyway for the next season, which has been confirmed. Um, I've obviously been watching Shit's Creek. I think I'm on season three now. Do like it. It is funny. Um, yeah, I think that's it for what we've been watching. Uh, would recommend everything I'm watching, obviously, because yeah. it's good. Uh, didn't see Arsenal win this week, unfortunately. Um, didn't see us lose either though, so hey, that's not so bad. Um, okay, next two questions then. You ready? Yeah. Two more um, famous lines. I'm not confident. I emphasise famous, well-known lines. They're well-known if you've seen the films. And they're well-known because I'm reading them. Okay. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's your third one. And your fourth one is... I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Okay, she's nodding her head. <laughs> I feel more confident confidently now. with these two. Okay, so again, the answers for these at the end. Right, moonlight. Yes. Knock yourself out. Okay, so we are late to the party with moonlight. It uh, was released in two thousand and well, it's two thousand sixteen film, and it is best known probably again by people who haven't seen it as well as people who have um for the awkward mix-up at the oscars where it well it was meant to be the best picture announcement and instead la la land was announced and there was a bit of confusion um and it did it did win best picture that was all corrected um it is a black lgbt film um and in the year that it was released, there were a lot of other um, kind of uh, black films that were being released. And so it went up against quite a bit of competition, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. 
Um, general information, it's directed by Barry Jenkins, who I had never heard of. It's not a name I'm familiar with. But he is known for directing If Beale Street Could Talk, which came out in 2018, another film which I have not seen, and I'm sorry that I haven't. And he also directed the Netflix series Dear White People in 2017, which again I've heard of and not seen. Um, so when he was nominated for Best Director, he became only the fourth black director to be nominated and the second to actually direct a Best Picture winner. Um, Who's the first? Um, it was Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave um, and John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, Lee Daniels for Precious and Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave were the three previously nominated for Best um, Director. So going up against a lot of other successful films in that year, I'll just go through actually the films that were nominated for Best Picture in that year because we've seen quite a few of them. Um, it went up against Fences which is another like black focused film. Hidden Figures, focusing on, again, black women um, who were working for NASA. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, we also saw. Lion, great film. La La Land, not so great, but we don't talk about that. And Hacksaw Ridge and Arrival were the other two that I haven't actually seen. So quite a strong year for, for films. Um, the film is based on a semi-autobiographical play which was called In Moonlight Black Boys Look Blue, written by Terrell Alvin McCraney and he wrote it in 2003. So Barry Jenkins, he actually um, directed a film in 2008 called Medicine for Melancholy. Haven't heard of it, wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people haven't heard of it. And he was stuck in a rut about where to go next with filmmaking, which is why there is such a big gap between Medicine for Melancholy and Moonlight. Um, Jenkins was then introduced to the screenplay or, or the play as it was supposed to be and he wanted to turn it into a film um, and he felt quite strongly um, connected to it because a lot of the themes in the film he related to as a black man growing up in America um, and the narrative focuses on a boy called Chiron and the film is split into three parts it focuses on him as a young child focuses on him as a teenager and then again as an adult it's a coming of age film, isn't it? Yeah, it like, is. A, it explores a coming out of age. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> coming of age out of film. Yes, that's a new genre. <laughs> but it explores his life um, and themes such as drug addiction, um, and and again, yeah, a main theme being his sexuality as well. Um, and this was all filmed in Miami, Florida. Um, which is actually where Jenkins and McCraney, they grew up in similar areas, so they wanted to film in an area that they were familiar with and highlight that as an area um, because it normally wouldn't get seen on film, I think was the, was the thing that they focused on. Um, so let's talk about the film, I guess. So well, starts you, off with his childhood. You, you say it's like, it, it, it focuses on... Um, kind of poor black um, gang infused parts of Miami, isn't that right? Yeah, but and go on. You you know those things, and then you expect a certain type of film. Yeah, I was just going to say this that this is not anything like what you would expect. It's a very gentle 
film. Not a lot happens in it, but a lot happens. Whilst at the same time, a lot happens in it. Yeah. A lot internally happens in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think that's what people focus on when they talk about this film. They say, you know, African-American black males are represented in a certain way in cinema. And this film does something different. It is much more intimate. And you're right, it is much gentler than um, other films of a similar vein. Um, so this film is supposed to demonstrate how the African-American identity is far more complex than we would believe um, from films from the past few years. Um, and I'll go into that a little bit later when we talk about a little bit more of the narrative. But it starts with um, this boy's childhood, Chiron. So the opening scene, actually, um, we don't we don't meet him straight away. We meet another character called, um, I think it's Juan, um, is how I'm pronouncing it. Um, his name actually isn't really said in the film, but it's played by Mahashala Ali. Um, and he is talking to a friend. They are standing out in the streets. It's clearly an area of like scouting, you know, who you sell your drugs to. It's, it's where they go. He's a drug dealer. He is a drug dealer and he's with his friend and his friend's being harassed by an addict who obviously needs more. Um, they're talking and a, and a group of kids run past and it's, it's Chiron who we later meet being chased by um, other kids from the neighbourhood. He's clearly bullied and victimised and he runs into an abandoned building to escape from the children. And later it is one himself who comes to the building and tells him, you know, he can come with him and the, the boys have gone. And he actually offers to take Chiron for food, which Chiron agrees to. Chiron barely speaks throughout this whole sequence. Well, in fact, his character barely speaks. He's, no, he's very quiet. He's, he suppresses... I mean, obviously he's... Um, conflicted and confused himself in terms of his own sexuality and obviously his background no dad and a drug addict mother um, yeah which is revealed later and he's he's bullied he's two the two names he's called are little and black no faggot they're the two names he's oh bullied sorry by. he's not bullied by being called black he's they call him little and faggot yeah um these kids age. have painted him as gay from an early age and he at one point he asks what the word means and Juan tells him it's a name to um, be derogatory towards gay people but he says to um, Little, you, you know, you don't have to know yet, it's not, it's not a bad thing if you are. Um, so he's exploring his identity from an early age but it's something that these other kids are definitely so one aware is, of. In, in essence he's his kind of surrogate father figure, role model. Yeah. Male, one male role model he's got. And he... Go on. I was just going to say, the, the actor kind of said that when he took on the role, he relished the idea of playing an African-American mentor and, and seeing a black man in that position rather than... He just than, happened to be a drug dealer as well. Well, yeah. I'm going to come to that later because that's important to the narrative. Oh, yeah. do we come to it now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say... so. We talk about the kind of themes that we see in, in black cinema and drugs and violence play a massive role. And this film, there is there is violence, but it's not with guns and anything like that at all. You see guns in the film, but no shots are ever fired. And the violence comes from the school bullies. Um, it's not, it's brief violence as well. Yeah, it's not. You know not, the threat of violence is there. Yeah, it's not um, a main theme of the story, I would say. 
um, it just shows us examples of how Chiron grows up and why he's so quiet and withdrawn because of the fear that he has. Um, but when um, we see um, one, we, we never actually see him dealing drugs, but we see the effect of it because Paula, who's played by Naomi Harris, she is Chiron's mother, she's a drug addict, she neglects her child because the hit is more important. She loves him, but she can't look after him. Yeah, she she loves him when he brings home money. No, she loves him, but she can't look after him. Yeah, she's, well, she's, she's not capable. She's... Yeah, but she's a, she's, a, she's an addict. Yeah. Um, and we see a brief conversation with Chiron as a little kid and he asks one directly if um, he deals drugs and one answers yes and Sharon asks the question does my mum do drugs and he says yes and Sharon at that point leaves um, leaves the house and walks away even though one's house has become his place of kind of solitude and respite he goes there regularly he turns up and sanctuary. yeah they feed him and they let him stay the night if he wants to because they realise his home life isn't great um, this is um, Juan and Teresa, um, his partner. And at that moment, that's when it transitions from Chiron being a child to Chiron being a teenager. And you, you start to wonder if, you know, he, does he cut ties with them because he realises that while Juan is his mentor, he's also feeding the problem which has led Chiron to feel so neglected. Um, but later on, you see that that relationship continues with um, Teresa when he's a teenager and she continues to look out for him because Paula by this point um, is a prostitute more of an addict than ever completely incapable of doing anything for her son yeah yeah carry on um, okay well then you hit the then you hit the teenage years so he's a miserable teenager he's he doesn't fit in at high school he's being bullied quite openly by the school bully Terrell um, but he remains in touch with Teresa she continues to take care of him he goes to her house and she sets up a bed for him um, one at this point is dead we don't actually know how that happened which again I think is interesting because they could have shown us how he died um, and you assume because he was a drug addict he'd got himself in danger a drug dealer, a drug dealer sorry um, that he got himself in a dangerous situation but that's never highlighted because the fact is it's not important the important point is that Chiron has lost his mentor and his father figure yeah um, so he he does go home and see his mother occasionally she takes money from him that Teresa gives him for himself um, and she you know in her um, in, when in one of her drug fueled hazes, she she kind of murmurs that you know she that she loves her son and um, he's hers and like Teresa needs to remember she's not his mother, but the fact is Teresa's been more of a mother than he ever has than she ever has. Sorry. Um, and meanwhile, as a teenager, Chiron explores his sexuality um, even further. He's still getting called gay slurs. Um, and he has a childhood best friend Kevin, who we saw briefly when he was younger and. They sort of experiment and... Well, he wanted him to stick up for himself, didn't he? Oh, yeah, against, when they were children. Against the bullies and... Yeah, and... And now they're older. Does. They find themselves on the beach together. Yeah, it's probably one of the most famous kind of scenes is from the trailer is is that moment where they're sitting on the beach together. Um, and so they have, like, under their the first... Moonlight. Yes, under the moonlight. They have their first kind of experience. 
Um, and the next day at school, Kevin is actually manipulated into beating up Chiron as part of a, a hazing ritual. And he begs Chiron to just stay on the floor and not stand up because once, if Chiron keeps getting up, he has to punch him more. That's part of the game that they used to play as children. Um, and the school bully kind of initiates the whole thing. Um, and Chiron doesn't, so he, he gets beaten to a pulp by bullies and he doesn't name names because he doesn't see what the point is and he, he thinks it's gonna make it worse for himself. Um, but eventually he does he does retaliate. Um, he, he returns to school and hits Tyrell over the head with a chair. Um, and the last scene we see of him before we see him in adulthood is him being taken away by the police. Um, it's, it's a miserable childhood that we've witnessed. Um, and because we're plotting this film, because it's done in three parts, so it's three ages, um, the actors obviously change over time. Um, so Ashton Sanders is the person who plays the teen Chiron, um, and this is his. This is what he's known for. This film is the best thing that he's done so far. Um, and what you you sing so far? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like an Australian singer speaking. I'm just trying to be. <laughs> I don't know, it's a Melodic. podcast. I'm trying to <laughs> seem excited, excited about it all. Um, I've forgotten what I was going to say. You were talking you about the actors. Over? You are talking about the actors. So you, I think you're going to want to talk about the actor for the third part. No, I was going to talk about Jarrell Jerome, who plays Kevin, the teenage Kevin. Um, he was also in When They See Us on Netflix. So similar kind of um, black cinema, but obviously When They See Us very much the idea of you know black oppression and um, we we started watching it but we couldn't even get through it because it was too oh too oh yes do you remember that a difficult watch yeah. it was very difficult and it's something I do I do want to watch because I do want to educate myself but at that time we just felt it we couldn't watch it um, and it had just it had just come out I will go back and watch it though um, so we move into adulthood. So uh, now Trevon Rhodes takes over the role of Chiron. He has been in Bird Box and The Predator, which both came out Bird in 2018. Box and the Predator. Stop, I'm going to have to cut this out now. <laughs> um, so he is, he is well known. Um, so now we see Chiron um, in his adult life. He is, well, he's quite a different picture from his lanky little teenage boy he's now a man he's muscly he's bulked up and he looks intimidating and what does he now do in atlanta well, he's emulated his his role model one he looks yeah. and acts exactly as he does drives a similar car mm -hmm. with the little i don't know what that is the little crown on the on the dash yeah i don't know what like that is like he's the king a symbol of wealth power wow. um and but he's very lonely yeah, um, we see we see him interacting with, um, I mean, a friend of his. I hardly call him a friend, an associate of his, and he's kind of you know he's he's intimidating and threatening towards him, not in the way that a bully would be, but he just likes taking that sort of that sort of power that he never had. Um, he regularly gets calls from his mother, um, who is now in a facility um, getting. Um, help for her addiction and he eventually goes and sees her and they they briefly reconcile she you know she says she loves him even though 
um, you know, she didn't love him properly when he was a child. Well, t- too late, she acknowledges that she was a crap mum. Yeah, she does. Too late. And she knows she and she apologises and it's genuine and it's, it's her. It's too late for him. He's, you know, damage is done. His character is formed. Um, yeah. But at least she, at least they have that moment. It's, it's another kind of gentle, kind of uh, touching, um, moving moment uh, in the film with him and his mum. Yeah. I mean, his, his adulthood... Um, it's him exploring his past and putting a few things to rest and that's and that's one thing um, the other thing that happens is Kevin now gets in touch with him all these years later um, and Kevin invites him how many years later is it 10 or 11 12 years later something like that something like that um, they haven't seen each other since I think since Shaiwan was taken away as a teenager and put in a police car he comments on later on like what he had to go through and um, before well, they, he could yeah they don't actually talk about that they don't resolve that like in discussion do they I don't no know. he he you know he briefly mentions how it took him years to basically get out of where he was we assume like juvenile detention etc before he got into the life that he has now which is dealing drugs which you know makes him happy for for the time being um but when he meets kevin kevin says that you know, he's working in this restaurant and he had a child with an ex-girlfriend from school and he kind of talks about the fact that father fatherhood has made him feel fulfilled and he comments a lot on Chiron's, you know, his the way he talks and the things he says and he says, that's not you. Like, you know, this isn't... He's got his chains, he's got his, yeah. his, his metal, gold. He it knows is. it's a facade. He knows this isn't Chiron at all, the Chiron that he grew up with. Um, and eventually at the end of the film Chiron breaks down as he realises that you know he hasn't fulfilled anything in his life that he's wanted to Um, he also reveals to Kevin that he's been intimate with no other person since that interaction on the beach you know he's been so lonely this whole time we never see him with any real friends at all he he says no male company he doesn't so the inference well, it could be that. I infer it as he hasn't been intimate with anyone. He said no other man has touched him like that. Oh, okay. I assume because so, he is a homosexual, so why would he let women? Because for image. Maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe. I but, read stuff about the film and I assume it's... I don't know. Because of and, just being alone. And I wonder, I wonder was Juan similarly conflicted as he was growing up and saw... A little bit of himself in um, Chiron, maybe, um, and that's why he took him under his wing. Because I was a little bit confused about this drug dealer, gang leader, and what it must have taken to get to that position. Yeah, being very compassionate and tender, and about you know. You know about this towards another person and I, I, I it was difficult I mean just because I'm conditioned by all the images of kind of drugs and gangs that Hollywood has bestowed upon us over the years perhaps but it, it just didn't tally but then I thought well maybe it's because he actually recognised in Chiron himself and wanted to be the person for Chiron that he didn't have himself 
where he, he said it was okay to be who you are, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, you choose, which is, you know, not a message you necessarily hear perpetrated in that world of gangs and drugs and guns and violence. Anyway. No, that's true. Um, just a thought. Yeah. I, yeah, I see, I see what you mean. Um, the, and that's what we talk about when we say that this film is a much more complex, <laughs> complex narrative of what it means to be an African-American man in America. It's not all about the guns and the violence and that seems to play a part in certain stories and it has it has in this one for sure um but that but that is the film um i you know i really enjoyed it it was so it was so intimate and it was challenging um but i thought it was something so different to what i've to what i've seen before um yeah i i really enjoyed it yeah i mean as a as a white middle class heterosexual um, person whose upbringing has was shared between London and Ireland um, yeah, there's not a lot I can relate to no in, in, in terms of the individual characters in the film not however not. the story the themes are universal and it's nice to see um, it's nice to see a, a, a quite a small budget film wasn't it in the initially and um, it kind of came from nowhere to win Best Picture at the Oscars that's my memory of it a few years ago this small yeah kind of production I don't, I don't know yeah you're yeah. right it was um, 1.5 million dollars uh, was the budget you joke 1.5 million euros or dollars was the dollars, budget yeah that's, and that's that's a pin. That's low. Um, it's now considered the lowest budget Best Picture winner because in 1976 Rocky claimed that it had been made for one million. But if you adjust it for inflation, this is definitely, definitely that's the nothing. lowest budget. Um, so yeah, like the filming, it was all done pretty much on location, done in 25 days. Um, I read somewhere that Brad Pitt had a little bit of involvement in making sure that the film did get kind of the funding that it needed so letting people travel um and stuff like that down to florida to to film there but i think i think it's incredible what they've done and it shows that the real focus is the storyline yeah, the they haven't stands. used any effects any you know there is nothing yeah and i say i was gonna say not a lot happens in it no whilst a lot happens in it it's that i think it's more conundrum. yeah it's more reflective. It makes you think about the lives of other people because, like you said, we cannot possibly relate to what these characters go through. But it gives you such an insight um, into into a life that yeah we we can't even imagine. Um, shall I do some? I mean, there's a little bit of trivia before. Do a little bit of trivia. Oh, how much of this am I going to have to cut out and redo because I hate the sound of my own voice? No, you, there's nothing wrong with the sound of your voice. Stop. It's just you're very, very singy. <laughs> I am. I know. Um, so here's some trivia. Oh no. Okay, I'll do it without singing. Naomi Harris plays Chiron's mother. Um, you'll know her from well, people will know her from Skyfall, Spectre. She's going to be in No Time to Die. She, she, you told me yesterday she's 
she's yes she's, she's an Islington, local she's an Islington girl like myself actually she, she's an Islington girl like me as an Islington boy I'm not an Islington girl thanks for that clarification obviously um, apparently yeah so she um, did a great job of playing Paula she didn't want to play this stereotypical depiction of a black woman and she herself is teetotal and she just didn't really want to kind of portray that image um, but the writer's pointed out the similarities to their own kind of upbringings and what they'd experienced and it was their tolerance and when she actually read the script um, it was the script that led her to accept the role she met with um, addicted women to prepare herself for the role because she had no idea of how to how to play it and I think she did a fantastic job um, what you laughed I know I'm not laughing because oh. you keep going up and keep singing Oh, I don't know. Go on. <laughs> I think we're going to delete this podcast and redo it. Um, the three actors who played Chiron, they never met while filming was going on because Jenkins didn't want them to imitate one another and look at how each other played the role and think that they had to go and do something That's interesting similar. the first and third actors, I thought, did, did very similar depictions of the character. Yeah. Kind of very, very kind of low on vocal, um, you know, more on act, acting. Yeah. So they each filmed in separate two week periods, um, and then they saw it when it was when it was put together, I suppose. Um, in terms of awards, we talked about the fact it won Best Picture. Um, Ali won Best Supporting Actor. He's on screen for less than twenty minutes, and he still won an Oscar, which is something incredible. Um, and the film also won Best Adapted Screenplay and it was nominated elsewhere for Best Director, Best Supporting Actress for Naomi Harris, Original Score, Cinematography and Editing. But like I said, it did go up in what I believe was a particularly strong year for film. Um, and the fact that it won Best Picture, I think, is is great because it is all about that storyline. Um, actually, I think... You're done. I think I'm done. Right, go on then. Mark out of five. I said 4.6. 4.6. Quite high on my scale. You must keep a record of what you've been given others so I can yeah. compare it. Well, I think it's, 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 at the, it's at the higher end, but I think it's because it. what I loved about it was the, just the simplicity of the film. It is just about the story. It's a different depiction. I didn't expect necessarily... How do I put this? I didn't expect... Um, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is what's going to happen the whole time. I wasn't thinking about deaths. I wasn't thinking about certain situations arising, which I think in a lot of other films, maybe I would do. Like those similar kinds of films, like focusing on black characters, focusing on black men, focusing on gang culture. I expect certain things, but with this film, I really didn't know what to expect. Well, no, and there I, is no similar film to this. No, it's... and I loved that I didn't have any of those kinds of ideas because I was Having just said that, so focused I wanted, on the storyline. I wanted him to take revenge on the bully, so I, I did I did want that. Yeah, I, I did want that, and it happened. And I actually wanted, but... him, I wanted him to come, and, I wanted him to meet him again in phase three of his life because he was in phase one and two, and I wanted some kind of... But then again, this with this film... It doesn't have happy endings. It does, there isn't closure on, on, on several things. Right, his mother does, is clean, but she's, because she's clean, she's afforded the time to reflect, and she's, she's haunted by the way she was as a mother. Yeah. Um, uh, one, we don't know how that 
it t turned out at all. We don't know what happened to him at all, which is fine. I like that. That was good. Um, but anyway, so no, 4.6. Yeah. All right, good. All right, that's that done. All right, then, okay, my final two questions, um, or my final two quotes. You ready? No. Well, I have no confidence. Moves. Um, I've got a dragon and I'm not afraid to use it. Okay. That's number five. Number six, I'm a teacher. All I need are minds for moulding. That's, okay. And that's your sixth one. So how many are you going to get out of six? I think three. Three. Confidently three, possibly four? I'll say three. Okay, you'll say three. Right. Um, oh, this is your one now, isn't it? What's coming up on whatever, DVD, Netflix? I've only got two things this week. So DVD-wise, there's a film called Inheritance coming out which is a thriller about a wealthy patriarch he dies and leaves his wife and daughter with a secret inheritance that is going to threaten to destroy their lives no idea what that is who but is it? it's who's, who's in it it's got lily collins and simon Hegg in it oh me apparently so uh, i have i have been approached before and asked for my autograph as simon Pegg. i love nothing like simon Pegg. that's not true because i'm six foot everyone two Asian. says it <laughs> And yet, everyone sees it. And yeah, Simon Pegg in a thriller role, maybe something a little bit different. I'm so used to him doing comedy. He's like Mission Impossible. Oh, true. But I, I saw what... That's a bit comedy. I saw well, the first so. Mission Impossible film. And so you haven't seen him No. Um, so that, that might be something quite interesting. Um, and then on Netflix, there is a Belgian thriller coming out called The Twelve. I think it's out today, actually. Um... And it's actually a kind of a murder trial and it focuses on the jury, the 12 people who have to decide whether this woman is guilty or not guilty. It focuses more on their lives rather than hers, which is quite interesting. Um, so it focuses on their lives and how they decide whether she's guilty of a double murder. Um, and I, again, I love anything um, that kind of subverts the narrative. And I just, I just think that'd be quite interesting to watch. So. That's what I'm putting forward this week. Right. Okay. Um, am I on for my answers now? Yeah. You ready? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question one. Or quote one. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he never existed. I've heard it and I can't place it. No? No. Um, Kaiser Sose. It's a clue. Oh my god. Okay, I know the name, but I, I can't think what the film's Kevin called. Kevin Spacey. Benicio oh. del Toro. Now I'm lost. The Usual Suspects. Oh, I haven't seen that film in years, that's fine. Okay, question number two. I'm having an old friend for dinner. Right, I think it's Silence of the Lambs. It is Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that was my impression. Yeah. Question number three. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. That's Groundhog Day. That is Groundhog Day. Well done, Jennifer. Number four, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. That's the Godfather. That is the Godfather. I've got a dragon and I'm not afraid to use him. Use it. I have no idea. He's green. Shrek? Shrek. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's not a well-known quote from Shrek. I'm a teacher. All I need are minds for moulding. That's School of Rock. That I is know School that of Rock. Well, you did, you did better than you thought. I wasn't sure on um, Science of the Lambs, I'll admit, but... 
nerds. God, we don't need to do that sound, do we? Right. Um, okay, one good, one bad for you. I have a good. Go on, Andy. <laughs> um, my good is finishing life on Mars and being pleased by the ending of it. Being pleased with yourself for finishing it. Well, that too, but mainly for actually and enjoying it. one bad? I don't have a bad necessarily. I was trying to think of one from the sinner, but I can't fault it. I guess I could go for Ozark and just sort of say a similar bad from Ozark. Yeah, Are similar you mad? similar to you, kind of the character. See, not thinking that I'm not going to see certain people in the next series. That 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 will be my bad. Okay, well, which was well, I've got a good and a bad. Um, but, from the same thing? Yeah, from the same thing. Of course. But um, apparently it was from last week, and I don't remember. I thought it was this week, but I'm going to run with it anyway. Go for it. It knives out. I'm sure we didn't we watch that it, since. Yeah. Did we talk about it? I'm sure yeah, we didn't. No, it. I think yeah. you're wrong. No, we did not. Did. So the good is the house in the film. I love the house in the film. It's like a big every old... Every few seconds. Look at that house. Look at that house. <laughs> big old gothic house with secret rooms and... Oh, it looks fantastic. And the one bad, same film, uh, Daniel Craig's accent. Um, I said that was my bad last week, so I'm you? glad you agree, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's what age does to you. Or well, I just wasn't listening. Probably that. And I certainly have, you, have you listened to the podcast? I certainly didn't listen to the podcast. No, so. clearly. <laughs> Great. Um, I think that's it. I'm hungry. Is it lunchtime? Yep. It is. Well, have a happy weekend, people. Enjoy. Enjoy.